Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 76 of the Australian Hiker podcast and the first in a series of episodes that I'll be recording from the trail on my current Bibbulmun track adventure. Last Thursday, the 9th of August, I started my trip in Albany uh, and I'm heading my way back to Perth over a period of approximately five to six weeks. Currently, I'm in Walpole, um, excuse the pronunciation for those that live in Western Australia, um, having arrived just about lunchtime. So in eight days, I've done just on 210 kilometres. I'm having a rest day for this afternoon and tomorrow before heading off the next day for the next leg of my trip. And I plan on taking a rest day approximately about every eight days through the actual journey itself. In some instances, I'm having to play it by year. There's been quite severe storms on the south of Western Australia in the last few weeks, uh, starting before I actually arrived and continuing through. Um, there's been some pretty severe weather conditions on the beaches, and a lot of the beaches on the southern part of Western Australia have pretty much been destroyed with large chunks of sand dunes taken away and infrastructure that's disappeared. So it's made it a bit more of a challenge than it possibly would have had I done the trip a bit later in a, in a more calmer condition. So far I've gone through a range of ecosystems ranging from um, coastal ecosystems uh, and then the last couple of days the, the tall tingle forests uh, just outside of Walpole and I'm finding them to be quite variable uh, and quite enjoyable. And the biggest impact that's, that I'm having at the moment or the biggest impact I'm finding at the moment is the weather. I must admit I didn't realise before I came over here that uh, this part of Western Australia gets around about 1200 millimetres of rain a year. Uh, and from talking to some of the locals, the majority of that's been really in the last sort of six to six to seven weeks. So it has been very wet start to the trip. So the recordings you're going to hear now are from the last eight days from Albany through to Walpole. Uh, it'll include my thoughts about how I'm going. It'll also include interviews with two southbound hikers, one that I met in Denmark and another that I met in um, uh, late yesterday uh, evening at one of the huts that I was staying in. And I must admit, I was actually thinking that southbound hikers were a myth because there was certainly no one else around. And up until yesterday, I'd had the huts all to myself. I believe from talking to a number of people that there are a number of hikers progressively making their way south. Uh, and I'll catch up with them uh, in the coming weeks uh, as I go through. So have a listen uh, and you'll hear how I'm going. I've had some good days and I've had some bad days um, and um, we'll see how, uh, see how I go over the next couple of weeks. I hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, it's 1.24 Perth time. Um, I've been travelling around about 10 and a half hours since this morning. 
Um, and after three and a half hours of sleep last night, feeling pretty tired. It took me a while to get myself sorted out. The packing was all done, but just getting the podcast up uh, for this week and just tidying up a few last-minute things and setting up some mailing details for, to post some food ahead. just took me a little bit, a bit longer than I thought it would. Just looking out the window at the moment in the domestic terminal, uh, waiting here to travel from Perth down to Albany. I've got my flight at around about 3.45, so it's around about two and a half hours. Um, It has been raining here in Perth, and I must admit when I landed um, uh, an hour or so ago, or a couple of hours ago, um, we were above the cloud, it looked like it was really sunny, and then sort of just descended into the cloud, and you could tell it had been raining, but not as heavy as its forecast for down in the Albany direction. Um, once I get to Albany this afternoon, I'll get a, um, a taxi from the airport to my hotel. Um, I just need to buy go and buy a, la- a couple of last-minute disposable stuff from the local supermarkets, and um, then uh, come back to the hotel, uh, pack my pack. Um, I've got a post my uh, my duffel bag back to Jill uh, and uh, then in for an early night I think I'll have a, a fairly light dinner I'm, I'm feeling pretty full at the moment you know grazing at the airlines uh, lounges and and grazing on the plane uh, so I just want something light and healthy um, funnily enough I find that every time I uh, go on a trip uh, mainly because I do go towards the end of winter I start getting a a lightweight cold or flu-like symptoms Um, I did have the real flu a couple of years ago and I don't want that again but I just find I've just been run down I think it's my body's body's saying right we're going on holidays we're going on strike um, we're going to get sick now so getting there uh, looking forward still feeling a bit apprehensive but uh, i think once i start walking tomorrow i think everything will start settling into place talk to you later it's uh, thursday um it's just on nine o'clock i'm here at the southern terminus of the bibbleman track and also for that matter the mundabitty trail which is the cycling equivalent uh, starting a bit later than i planned i'd hope to get away at 8 30 but um as I thought and didn't allow enough time, doing podcasting, doing social media just takes a bit longer than I planned. And if I'm honest, I was been procrastinating and sort of um, waiting for the weather to get better and better. And thinking, ah, oh, if I give it a bit longer, I had about 10 minutes of sunshine, which was really good. And now the heavy rain is just about to hit, and we've had some really strong gu- uh, wind gusts. They've actually forecast um, a wild weather warning for the southwest of Western Australia with gusts up to 100 kilometres an hour. Uh, And we've had some strong gusts come through, um, which you're probably not hearing at the moment. It's reasonably good because I'm in a sheltered position at the terminus. But um, yeah, I'm walking into the weather, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Looking forward to it, looking keen, had a good breakfast, had a very good sleep, nearly seven hours, which is for me is is quite exceptional. A good sleep for me usually is around about six, six and a half, so very happy with that. All packed, all ready to go. Um, People have been very supportive and offered with their offers of help. So um, uh, I actually said... uh, if anyone would be happy to walk behind me with an umbrella for a thousand kilometres, be more than happy, because uh, I think over the next few days, in particular, 
and in particular today, uh, it's not looking good. So just on 25 k's uh, to the campsite and I think I am going to get wet, or at least on the outside. I'm reasonably well rugged up and my, my pack is reasonably well protected uh, due to all the electronics I'm carrying, but uh, looking forward to it. Okay, off I go. It's just on 12.30 on day one. I've just stopped for lunch just along the cliff edge. Uh, there's a, a little seat just uh, overlooking the ocean and the winds drop back a bit, but it's still a bit windy, so you can probably hear that in the, in the, the microphone. Uh, when I started onto the wind farm uh, section, I actually had to hang on to the railing that was there, otherwise I would have been blown off into the bushes, not down the cliff, but it was just amazing how strong it was. As I said earlier on, uh, when I started this walk, they had forecast gusts of 100 kilometres an hour, and I, d I don't know what that was when I started, but it was pretty heavy. It was, I, couldn't, I almost couldn't keep my feet. Walking along the cliff edge, uh, mainly um, uh, tra a groomed trail, uh, some boardwalk sections. I'm probably about uh, two-thirds of the way, just a bit over half the way through the wind farm section. Um, I was going to take my rain gear off, but um, we've had a bit of rain, or I've had a bit of rain uh, on and off, but it's also just been the, the wind has been bitter. So I think you know, if I had have taken this off, it, 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 at the moment it's, it's keeping me warm. So as I said, I've just stopped here to have lunch, uh, and then I'll head on. Um, I think uh, by the look of it, I've probably around about six or seven k's from the campsite, and I'll see what happens uh, what time I get in there. I've been tossing up whether I try and do Torby Inlet this afternoon because low tides at 5.30 and if I can get there around about 4.30 um, it'll still be light and I might, you know, if I'm going to cross it at all uh, low tide's probably going to be the best thing whereas tomorrow morning if I try and cross it it's likely to be a high tide. Um, only about 40 to 50 centimetres extra water but that can mean the difference between crossing and not. Otherwise, I've got a 19-odd kilometre detour, um, and as I said, you know, it's preferable to do that from a safety point of view if I need to, but I'd prefer not. Talk to you later. Good evening. It's day one. It's 8.30. I've uh, gone on to Torbay Hut, uh, which wasn't the original plan. I was originally going to stop at the second hut, uh, but I got there so early, you know, around about 20 past two, I thought, I just can't sit here for another three or four hours of the walking time. Um, and the, the weather actually cleared up at that stage reasonably well. Um, and uh, so I decided to push on. The other thing that drove me to push on as well was the uh, uh, crossing Torbay Inlet, um, which is roughly about five kilometres from the campsite. Uh, I thought... Um, from memory, the uh, low tide today was around about 5.30 in the afternoon, uh, uh, and that would have been the ideal time to cross, as opposed to tomorrow and the next day, and if I tried to do it in the morning, I would have been doing it at high tide, which would have added um, an extra 40 centimetres tomorrow and an extra 60 centimetres uh, the day after. So I pushed through, and I thought, worst case, I'll either come back to the campsite or I'll just keep on going around the lake because that's what I would have liked to have to do and get a, get a start on that. Got there okay. Uh, and in fact, I'd only left the campsite and I got probably the heaviest rain for the day and hailstones. Uh, not particularly big ones, but they definitely were hail. So I, uh, 
I almost turned around, but it, it stopped pretty quickly. I thought, no, I've got to keep on going. And um, got to the uh, got to the Torbay Inlet. Uh, the tide was pretty low. It was still going out. I mean, it wasn't low tide, uh, as low as it could have been, but it was pretty low. And I thought, I didn't want to be crossing it at 5.30 anyway because it's starting to get dark, particularly with the, the total cloud cover. Had a few rainstorms on the way. Uh, walking along the beach, uh, you could see where over the last couple of weeks a lot of the damage had been done to the beach. A lot of the higher sections had been washed away, it had gone up that high. So certainly trying to walk it a last week, week before, probably would have been almost impossible at high tide by the look of it. Got to Torbay Inlet, uh, decided it was... Uh, uh, the water was still moving, but I could see uh, sand just under the water down towards where the uh, inlet met the ocean, and that was the recommended spot to try and cross, and, and certainly that's where you've got waves coming in or water coming in from the ocean and water going out, so it's not moving as much. So I picked my spot uh, and virtually angled it, so I was walk walking across and more out into the open ocean, uh, probably by about 5 or 10 metres uh, down, still in the inlet, and um, uh, got to about, around about just below knee depth. Uh, and there were a few people who had done it yesterday who said uh, it was knee depth, so I think I picked it pretty well. I wouldn't have wanted to try and do it with an extra 40 or 50 centimetres of water in there. That just wouldn't have worked. Got over. Um, by the time I put my clothes back on, uh, and because uh, I'd, I'd taken the legs off my shorts, so I had just shorts on. Uh, I'd stripped the socks out of my shoes. Uh, I'd stripped the insoles out of my shoes, uh, just so I could have as much, have it as dry as possible when I got to the other side. Um, got over quite not quite easily actually, uh, and then it probably took me around about half an hour to put everything back on again, uh, and then heading down the beach. Got to um, Torbay Hut at around about, um, uh, it would have been probably about just about 4 6.30. So I was walking in the dark for around about 45 minutes. So I knew that was going to be the case. So I got my head torch out when I uh, had crossed Torbay Inlet uh, and managed to get here quite, quite easily. Although I just had a slightly wrong turn once I'd got to um, come off the beach. I sort of, instead of going straight across the car park, I turned left and I thought, this is not right. And sure enough, came back up, found the stairs. So at that time, I thought, oh, yep, it's time to put, the, put the, the torch on. Got here, as I said, around about 6.30, had dinner. Um, the, the rain's pretty much been stopped since I got here, apart from a, a couple of very short, light showers. Uh, and the forecast for tomorrow is actually quite good. I think it's only only about around about three to five mils of rain, as opposed to the fifteen to twenty-five. So for me, this is a late, uh, late start to or late finish to the day. It's uh, around about eight thirty. Uh, all up, I did just over thirty-three kilometres. I planned on doing twenty-three, um, but I, my feet were quite comfortable. I felt quite fine doing it. Um, so it'll make for either a shorter day tomorrow or if I decide to push on uh, I'm, I'll still get to uh, Denmark on Saturday but it might be early Saturday rather than late in the afternoon which was my original plans um, so far so good uh, apart from the strong winds and the heavy rain but I knew that was going to be the case so with luck I've still got rain over the next few days but I'm hoping I'll get just a, a, a bit more sunshine good night it's morning on day two, 
It's uh, ten past eight, uh, and I'm just getting ready to head off for the day. One of the things that surprised me uh, uh, yesterday, and probably today more so, that I'm not in a real rush to get on the trail. Um, I want to get moving, but um, I just uh, go through and pack up, and you know, it's taken me probably half an hour to get myself packed up and sweep the sweep the hut, uh, the shelter down. Um, so, you know, the, the weather's actually, actually got a bit of sun, although we've had a couple of rainstorms. And looking at the, um, the weather radar, there's all these little patches of cloud that bring their own bits of rain with them. So I think it's going to be on and off through the daytime. I'll put the rain gear again on, only because it's just by the time the rain hits and is fairly heavy, then goes away again, you just wouldn't have a chance to do it. So uh, I think um, the forecast for tomorrow is actually looking like sun with no rain, which I'm looking forward to. Um, sitting here having breakfast this morning and I had, um, I'll have to work out exactly what it is. I thought it was an antichinus, but it was just a bit too big for one of those. Uh, one of the little native rat species just coming in, having a look around. Um, obviously waiting until I go to see what I've left behind. Um, but you know, it was, uh, hopping around quite, uh, uh, quite quickly, uh, seeing what was there and sort of saw me and sort of kept on sneaking in and out. Um, but yeah, looking forward to another good day. And because I've overnighted at Torbay Hut, I think as I mentioned yesterday, uh, um, I'm going to be heading uh, further than I'd planned. I'll probably do around about 31 kilometres today, all things being being okay. Uh, and I'll overnight at uh, Naleki Hut. Uh, talk to you later. Okay, it's Saturday the 11th of August. I'm here at the Blue Wren Traveller's Rest uh, and just talking to the first of uh, the other Bibbleman Track hikers that I've come across. So I'll just get you to introduce yourself, tell us who you are and your age if you're happy with that. Mm -hmm. Hi, my name's Ellie. I'm 29 years old um, from Sydney. Okay, I believe this is the second time you've gone through and done this track? That's right. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking myself that. Don't worry. Um, I guess the first time that I did a long distance hike um, was this track. So about three years ago during spring, I was totally, utterly unprepared. And I thought I'd just give it a red hot go. And I managed to get through it. And um, this time around, it was just more, since I've done several other hikes since then, I thought, it was, I guess I had a nostalgic purpose to come back <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> All right. So you started roughly about 30... 37 30, days 30, ago. 37 days ago mm -hmm. from, from Kalamunda in Perth. That's right. Um, and tell me, why did you decide to go north, sorry, not headed south rather than head north? <laughs> Well, okay, so I went north to south before, and I was going to go south to north, um, but I had it in my head that because it's winter, the sun's kind of up north, so I didn't want to be walking north the whole time with the sun in my eyes, but I didn't take into account was it's been raining for three weeks straight, <laughs> so it really wouldn't have made a difference whatsoever, but that was my original reasoning behind it. All right, and um, how have you found the trip so far? Look, it's been... Hiking, it's it's always the same. It's awesome. It's horrible. But like, I, I was saying this the other day. Oh, after I made it through the Pingarup Plains when it stormed for three days, and I spent three days walking through knee-high water, that it's like once you finish something that's difficult, you never regret doing it. <laughs> so um, 
No, I've had a great time. It's been very different since the last time. I'm considerably a lot more fitter since last time, which has helped. But yeah, it's it's been nice. It's been cold. No flies, no mosquitoes. Yep. Always a bonus. <laughs> All right. So out of this trip, what's been the high point of the, the trip so far? Ooh. Um, let me think about that for a moment. Um, can I say getting into Warpool after the Pinarup planes? <laughs> that, wor- that works. And, and, and so what, what was the issue with the Pinarup planes? Uh, look, it was always going to be difficult because it's this time of year. So there's a lot of water. Um, it's been raining. I think Perth said it's had its wettest June in years. So I knew it always was going to be quite heavy and quite deep. But unfortunately, it seemed as as soon as I started waiting, um, you know, the, it was like 60 kilometers of nothing but waiting, um, a storm hit and I was hailed on and there was wind and it was just raining nonstop. There was lightning. There was just everything that Mother Nature could throw at you while walking through water. So, like, I think one or the other is okay, but just both at once, it was just water. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it, just wet everywhere. I must admit, I only heard about the Pinarup Plains probably a month or two before I left, and I thought, you you have to do what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as yep. you say, given the way the weather's been over the last couple of, I think last two weeks in particular has probably been the wettest we've had all winter in this this part of the world. Mm, yeah. So I'm I'm just hoping that it's it's dried slightly by the time I get there. <laughs> I I'm like I can't imagine it can be any wetter. <laughs> It's like last time I did it in spring, it was during a season where it hadn't rained for ages. So there was only like one section for about 10 meters where I actually had to get my feet wet. So I just was not expecting, I was just unexpected. Like I suppose the possibility for me is that it might have dried out and I'll be walking through mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, I don't know what's better, but look, I think, I think it's wishful thinking that it's dried out personally. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. I uh, talking to it's, it's Ellie yes, talking to talking to it. Ellie uh, for, for while I did this before I did this recording about some of the damage along some of the coastal regions that I'm just about to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've certainly noticed it from Albany to Denmark. There's been a lot of damage along the beaches, and it sounds like it's the same, if not worse. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, we went to the um, light beach today and there's just a, a little woggle saying go down this part and then it's just it's nothing but just a sheer face sand dune and I was looking at it I'm like I don't even know how the hell I'm going to get down here um, ended up being able to slide down there after I knock a few rocks off but there's like I have no idea how you're going to get up there <laughs> like, at least I had gravity on my side but you've got nothing man I don't know how you're going to do it <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll find a spot somewhere even if yeah. I have to bush bash earlier on. But um, mm. yeah, it's um, the, the joys of the joys of hiking in an area where, that's impacted by the weather. So. Mm. All right. Now, as far as equipment you've bought, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like you've done a fair bit of hiking. And the fact you've done this trail before, is there some piece of equipment you bought you thought, oh, geez, I'm glad I, I wish I brought this? Oh... It wouldn't be the first time I've thought this, but um, I have two dry compression sacks. One's for all my clothes and one's for my sleeping bag. And um, I've definitely had this thought before. Where I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever bought. But this time around, it's definitely the best thing I've ever 
bought like with the rain and like having to wade through water and through sections where you know you're crossing an inlet recently the water actually got up to my bag but because I had those dry sacks at the very bottom just everything's completely dry and with a down sleeping bag and with your clothes it's essential to keep them dry you know because there's nothing like getting to a hut and like having a wet sleeping bag and wet clothes like yeah I must admit, I'm given the amount of electronics I'm carrying because I'm doing podcasting. I've got dry. I've got a dry bag, and everything else in the dry bag is in a dry bag. So <laughs> hopefully that'll be enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of uh, you know when you, as you say, if you're up to about waist depth in water, that's not particularly good. No, it's it's also very scary. You know, when you've got currents flowing and you've got a bag on and just nothing else holding you in place, just wishing, hoping you're not going to fall over. <laughs> All right. Now, is there there's something you any piece of equipment you wish you had brought? Um. Yeah, I recently bought a new rain jacket, um, an expensive one, a lightweight one, and frankly, it's just not good enough. It's uh, because it's been lightweight. Um, it doesn't go well for long distance hiking. So wearing a backpack, uh, I've got a hole right in the shoulder so all the water gets in there and there's one about to come through the other side and because it's so lightweight it's not durable whatsoever where my straps are uh, on my shoulders and around my hips it's wearing away and it's just been pointless like if i next time i go out and do a hike like this i'm definitely just going to get a big poncho for sure Mind you, the way the wind's been the last few days, I think you probably would have lost the poncho. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, so from your perspective then, you know, you've, you've obviously done this a second time. You know, mm-hmm. what, what would you say to other people looking at doing this trail? What are, what, what's your, what's your, you know, you've obviously done it twice. You know, yeah. would, would you suggest people do it? Oh, absolutely. This is the best trail that you can do if you're thinking about wanting to start doing long-distance hiking. Um, it's pretty easy in a way that um, you don't logistically you pass through towns often uh, so you know if you forget something you've got maybe max a week before you get to a town and you can resupply it there's huts along the way so you know you don't even really need to buy a tent I wouldn't recommend you don't carry one but like you don't need one so and it's beautiful. Uh, Western Australia is just one of the most beautiful places in this country. And then it's just totally underutilized, you know, like, yeah, sorry. I'm going to have a blank moment here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think the best advice would just to be just get out and give it a go. Give it one or two days, see how you like it. Or you can just be an idiot like me and just go for 60 days at once. See how you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. So we've been talking to Ellie, who's finishing her hike in around about three days' time. That's right. Uh, in Albany. Yes. So, um, you know, she's obviously enjoyed doing the Bibbleman track enough that she's gone through and done it a second time. So good on her. So thanks very much for that. Much appreciated. Oh, thanks very much. Okay, I'm here in Denmark with Mark from the Blue Wren Travellers Rest, uh, and they're a uh, accommodation facility that provides a number of services to Bimmel and track hikers as well as others. So I'd just like to welcome Mark to the Australian Hiker Podcast. Hello, how are you? Okay, so Mark, tell me um, what sort of services uh, does the Blue Wren offer to um, Bimmel and track hikers? 
Well, we, we basically, uh, we offer accommodation um, and quite a lot of advice um, to Bilbon Track walkers. And then we also do um, a sort of a ferry service. We take, we drop um, walkers off at the Nalakai and bring them back. So we offer a bit of advice and a little bit of everything to walkers. And I must admit, Mark picked me up today from just outside Nalakai. Um, one of the options, as you're aware, is either to cross the lagoon, which is um, it's a seasonal thing, to road walk, and certainly the Bibbleman Track Foundations don't suggest that. Uh, and I must admit, it's not the most attractive walk walking on the side of a highway for 20-odd kilometres. Um, so... Really, what I'll do tomorrow is start back up at the inlet on this side and continue the walk from there. So what's the, what's the busy time of the year for, as far as Bibbleman Track's concerned for you? It's sort of, um, we get a lot of uh, walkers towards uh, the middle and end of September, October and early November. And then again in the, in the autumn, uh, for anywhere from about April, May and June. July and August are pretty, pretty dead months. Um, it's pretty cold and... Uh, and wet down here so it's basically spring and and autumn are our busy times and i can can attest to the fact that it has been wet down here i actually had a sunny day today which was quite nice after two very gusty very wet days now the, the walkers you get coming through are they traveling mainly as groups or or single hikers what's the what's the what's the mix you're getting we we get a bit of both but we get a, a lot of um solitary people walking um um, for example, you here tonight, you're a single man walking and we've got a single girl walking as well who's here tonight. So we get a, what I think is great about this Bilderman track is that you get so many single women doing it and they, they, they're pretty safe and it's just, it's phenomenal. I think it's a real tribute to Australia and to Western Australia that people can do this kind of thing. And we, we get people um, doing it for all kinds of reasons. Um, some people have lost jobs, some people are, are just trying to clear their heads some people are fitness fanatics, um, so we get a whole range of adventurers coming through. So it's very mixed, um, a lot of people. And um, where are you getting most, which direction are you getting most people from? From heading, heading south or heading north or a bit of both? Depends on the time of the year. Um, people like to sort of walk into the heat or into the cold. Um, and so they'll, they'll tailor their trip um, to the weather conditions and to the climate, yeah. I must admit, I'm looking forward to the forecast 19 degrees tomorrow, I think it is, <laughs> after the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, and um, as far as, um, I also believe you get a lot of Mundabidi cyclists coming through as well? We do. We get more Bilderman track walkers, but we get quite a few Mundabidi cyclists um, that come through as well. And if you remember from the last couple of podcasts, we talked about Mundabidi as being the, the sort of sister track, the cycling version that um, that doesn't quite parallel, but uh, is further further eastwards out of a lot of the dieback areas. Uh, and this is one of the reasons that cyclists aren't allowed on the Bibbleman track is 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 the, uh, it, the potential to spread dieback. So they get their own track outside of the dieback area. Hmm. Um, so how long have you been uh, been here for? Uh, I bought I bought I bought it about three years ago, um, uh, June uh, 2015. Yeah, I had a business in Perth for 13 years, and I've got a holiday home, and I came down here and saw the places up for sale, so I bought it. And I've been very happy. It's been great. So, so where do you go for holidays now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm an African, as you can probably hear, so I like to go back to South Africa. Or I'm, I'm planning to go to Europe um, every August, probably go to Europe or, or North America, 
catch a bit of the summer over there. All right, yeah. that's good. Okay, so is there any, any final thing you'd like to, to say to any Bibbleman track walkers coming through? No, just keep coming. Um, we, you're fantastic uh, people. You're really interesting. Um, I really like the Bibbleman and Mundabidi uh, clients. We don't have any problems with people drinking too much or anything. You're really fantastic, and you're so grateful for a, a hot shower and a bed. So you're very easy to look after. <laughs> I think we're probably too tired at the end of the day to drink and make too much noise. That's right, yeah. All right, so we've been talking to Mark from the Blue Wren Traveller's Rest uh, here in Denmark. And again, a good option for accommodation if you're coming through this way, either doing the Bibbleman Track or the Mundabidi. Okay, thanks very much, Mark. Much appreciated. Thank you. It's uh, Sunday morning, 12th of August. Um, I'm just about packed up. I've just got to do my teeth and then head off for... Uh, the fourth day on the Bibbleman track. I managed to talk to Ellie last night about her experience coming from the other direction and she certainly had a, a hard hard go of it with the bad weather at her end, the same as I did at my side. Uh, one concern I do have is there's a beach and inlet crossing today, which is Parry's Inlet, uh, and it concerns me because uh, I'll be hitting it at high tide, which will put about a a bit over a one metre high tide uh, and that probably is a bit of a worry to me and also given that the fact apparently that the beach is in really bad condition. There is a 10 kilometre diversion in place. I'll play it by ear but I am leaning towards doing the diversion. The other thing that Ellie talked about um, is once we get past Northcliff, um, she said she had about 60 kilometres of pretty much walking through water uh, not constantly, but uh, just walking uh, then out in the dry and then another half later, hour later she'll be walking through knee-depth water. And she said last time when she did the did the Bibbleman a few years ago uh, during the spring, um, you know, she had probably a 10-metre section of water and that was it. So I'm hoping that the fact that she hit during the, the wet weather uh, and that I don't, won't be getting there for at least another 10 days that, that things will have dried out. But the issue then becomes is, am I going to be walking through mud? Uh, thankfully, it's a sandy soil, but I'll see how I go. All right, so just about to head off, and it looks like I, if I do do the diversion, I've got about a 30-kilometre day. I had a good night's sleep here last night, uh, and uh, looking forward to walking in 19-degree weather and 21 forecast for tomorrow. So finally some decent weather for me. Talk to you later. It's Sunday night, 12th of August. Uh, more specifically, it's about 20 past 6. I've had dinner. Uh, I'm just getting ready to go to bed and go to sleep. I think that's the thing with uh, when you're out camping, there's, uh, camping by yourself. Um, don't particularly want to use up all the batteries. Not, uh, and, and while there is reading material in the, uh, the little containers that come with each hut, um, quite happily to go to sleep and get a good long sleep and, and then get up early. A uh, bit paranoid at the moment, um, talking to um, uh, Ellie at um, the Blue Wren. She was showing me a hole in the her food bag, which was hanging from the ceiling, which the mouse or a mouse tr got into and chewed through the bag and chewed into her bread. So I've got the food hanging up tonight for the first time, uh, whereas before I've had it sitting in the pack inside dry bags. But I thought I'd rather have uh, damage to the the food sack than to my pack. Um, the walk today was pretty good. Um, weather is really nice, around about 19 degrees, and it's supposed to be 21 tomorrow. 
Um, I just had a, a good walk all the way through. Uh, the Wilson's Inlet at Denmark is really full and uh, Mark from Blue Wren saying they're sort of still tossing up whether they need to, to breach the, um, uh, the inlet at all. Um, you know, because walking past, there were a couple of sections of the track that were actually underwater. They were actually now in the inlet. Not very many, but you can tell the water is getting, or the ground is getting quite waterlogged. Um, went up um, uh, along the coastline, up, and I can't remember the name of it, up the hill. Uh, and I must admit, I, I know a lot of people out there like climbing mountains and hills. I'm not one of them. Um, while the views are pretty spectacular, I'll, I'll give you that, um, I don't necessarily have to go up the top of the hill to see them. So um, I spent um, the first eight kilometres leaving Denmark actually getting out of the town itself uh, and then the next next uh, few hours climbing up the hill and then back down again um, before um, running along the coastline. Got to Lights Beach um, and um, this is where Ellie was staying, telling me that, um, uh, that uh, the access point up the the hill had disappeared and sure enough it had. I've got some photos which I'll put online once I, I get back uh, or even hopefully if I can, can do it over the next few days. I don't have much signal at the moment. But the, um, the whole sand embankment had pretty much been taken away by storm. So there's a sign up saying, you know, keep off this section of the embankment because it's pretty fragile. And I can, I'd believe that just looking at it. If you tried to go home up, the whole thing would collapse. Uh, and certainly where the access way up the uh, the hill, it's now gone. So the only way up um, uh, really is to go up another section of June, which is not the ideal, but there's just no other choice. Um, the, uh, the walk into um, uh, the campsite tonight was pretty good. Um, uh, I got in here on about 2.30 and, yeah, and the next campsite's 20 kilometres on uh, if I go along the beach uh, and given I've just gone through and looked at the tide chart it's a reasonably high tide so I'm probably not going to do that I'll probably take the diversion which will give me about a 30 kilometre walk tomorrow uh, but again it's supposed to be 21 degrees so uh, it should be uh, a pleasant sort of walk and, and it was certainly a pleasant walk today with uh, getting good views of the ocean without being rained and blasted by wind. Um, feet are holding up well. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I've probably got a bit too much food. Not that I've got too much calorie-wise. I need to probably be eating what I've got, but I'm just not feeling hungry enough to eat it. So I'm having bits and pieces left over from each day, which is adding up. So uh, I've asked Jill to sort of cut back on some things for the, the next food parcel she's due to send me. Okay, that's it for tonight. Talk to you later on. It's day five. Um, I'm here at Williams Bay Hut. It's uh, just on 7.30 in the morning. I'm finding I'm starting to get into a bit more of a routine. Uh, I woke up at 5.30 this morning and thought, yeah, well, that's it for the day. I've, I've had my sleep. I've uh, been pretty much in uh, in bed asleep since roughly about 6.30 the night before. So woke up, had my cup of tea, uh, had my breakfast, uh, and I've just finished packing and getting ready to go. Um, bit paranoid last night after hearing my stories at some of these huts. Uh, so I hung my food bag 
uh, and during the middle of the night I heard chewing, uh, so I bolted out of bed with my headlamp, uh, couldn't find anything, and then sort of went outside and saw a kangaroo grazing about two or three metres from the hut. So uh, that was the chewing noise that I couldn't quite explain, so I, I slept a bit better after that. Um, there's also a, seems to be a resident frog here that sort of lives around the water tank. Uh, so middle of the night when I'd gone to the bathroom, came back, washed my hands, and here's this frog just sitting on the, underneath the tap. Uh, I was very appreciative of having a bit of water. Uh, overall, good night's sleep. I, uh, the wind picked up probably at around about 4.30 this morning and has been quite strong and consistent. Uh, I was in two minds whether to go through and do the Parry Inlet um, uh, crossing, uh, which would have given me a 20-kilometre uh, uh, approximately trip today. Um, but given that the forecast is for a high tide and the strong winds, I'm a bit loath to try and attempt that. And unfortunately, once you've gone down the beach, the only way you can actually get back is to walk back up the beach. So for the sake of doing that uh, uh, and what's going on with the weather conditions, I know it was around about... Um, uh, uh, waist steps, crotch steps, waist step for uh, someone the other day that came through. So um, given that it's a higher tide than then, um, as I said, I'm, I'll take the diversion, which will give me around about a 31 kilometre day. But I've got plenty of time to do it in. I seem to be averaging around about 5.2 kilometres an hour, uh, which is faster than I'd expected. Uh, you know, I was hoping that if I could average, um, you know, 3.75 to 4, that would keep me happy and keep me on my pace. Um, but the, the track conditions so far are much easier. I know that will change as the trip goes on, uh, but so far I'm actually managing a, a quite a good pace. Getting into a, a good routine, uh, finding I'm getting into camp at night, um, I sort of pick my spot, which seems to be the same spot each time because it gives me views out of the shelters. Um, uh, I'm sure one of these days I'll change where, I'm at, where I am. And this hut is a bit different than the ones I'd stayed in. It's uh, all the side, all the three sides are solid, uh, rather than um, having an open side like the ones uh, before Denmark did. So it's a bit different. Um, I then go through and fill up my water, uh, get my bedding set up, uh, and I'll start getting ready for dinner. And depending on what time it is, if it's really early, I won't have dinner quite yet. But um, I'll get myself organised and do a bit of social media as I can. I'm finding here at Williams Bay Hut, their signal is really erratic. Sometimes I can get a, a text message out. I have had an email come in, but I know that the signal is so weak and erratic, it's just not working for me. So I'm having to do a bit of pre-preparation pre uh, to um, get the social media up and going uh, and prepared whenever I do get signal. Uh, early night, um, typically, it's, um, as I said, I've been by myself uh, on all these uh, these. Uh, nights. I w wasn't expecting to actually sleep in the huts or the shelters as often as I was, but given that there's nobody here, the campsites look quite good, but you know, why why not just sit up in here when there's there's no one for me to bother? I, I do snore quite loudly when I'm tired, so I try and give people a bit of peace and quiet where I can. Um, but um, yeah, normally I've gone to bed by sort of 6, 6.30 uh, and that's a long sleep for me, it really is, so it is a really... Um, uh, broken sort of sleep where I wake up, have to go to the bathroom a couple of times during the middle of the night since it is almost a, a 10 or 11 hour night and um, then um, toss and turn. 
I'm having some really weird dreams. I, I don't know why. Um, some of the ones I can explain, the things I've just seen or heard about or thought about in the last few days. Other things relate to movies and TV shows I haven't seen for at least 10 years. And it's just, I don't know, I've never had such a, a, a weird batch of dreams all in a row. Um, so I'll see how that one goes. All right, time to get off, head off. Um, talk to you later on. Good evening. It's uh, 20 past six on Monday the 13th. I'm here at Boat Harbour uh, campsite, uh, just lying in bed having had dinner and um, just playing catch up on a bit of social media. Unfortunately, I haven't had signal uh, to be able to do anything, so uh, in the meantime, I've just been doing some write-ups ready to post as soon as I do get signal. In hindsight's a really wonderful thing. I had signal this morning about 100 metres after I left camp, I thought, yep, that's fine, I'll, uh, I'll do it later in the day, and then, <laughs> then I didn't get anything back again. So all I can really do at the moment is uh, text Jill, uh, and that's about it. Um, had a, a long day today. I did the diversion uh, around Parry's Inlet. Uh, I had already decided to do, it, do that based on the... Um, based on the uh, uh, the tides and the wind conditions. And when I got to the road where the um, decision time uh, needed to be made, there was a sign up saying, this area is dangerous, do not do it, do the road diversion. So it just reinforced my plans. Did make for a long day, instead of having a, a 20 plus or 21 kilometer day, ended up having around about a 31 kilometer day because of that. Reasonably good pace. Uh, started walking this morning at around about 7.40 uh, and got into camp um, uh, around about, I think it was about 3.40. So uh, all up, it was pretty good sort of pace throughout the day. First part was pretty quick. The second part was a bit slower because I had a lot of sand dunes, very soft sand dunes. I had to try and make my way up. Uh, and I did have a beach walk towards the end of the day. And again, just the, the damage to the beaches on this part of the coast is just amazing from the storms over the last couple of weeks. So it was actually quite good. It wasn't high tide, thankfully, so I was walking very close to the dunes. Um, but if it had been high tide, I would have been getting wet feet. Um, got to camp, set up as usual, and then managed to split my water filter. So uh, for the next few days at least, I'll be going uh, natural water. Uh, and I'll soon find out if there's any issues with the water um, and I'll look at replacing my filter as I get uh, get into Walpole hopefully. Alright, time for bed. Um, oh, one last thing, there is, uh, looking through the, the book where people leave comments, there is a mouse apparently that at this shelter. Um, so thankfully there's a, a large plastic tub. I've put all my food into there. Uh, put some um, some smaller tubs with a bit of weight on top of that. So hopefully it should mouse-proof at least the food anyway. But I'm sure I'll hear the, hear the, hear the little guy scurrying around through the night time. All right. Bye for now. It's 6.30 in the morning on day six. I'm just here at Boat Harbour campsite having breakfast. Sun's not quite up yet. It's sort of fairly light, but it hasn't hasn't broken the horizon. 
Um, had a good night's sleep last night, except that around about 8.30, the heaviest rain I have been in a, in a long time hit, along with really gale force winds. And thankfully, it was coming from behind me. And, and thankfully, the shelter is, is set down from, um, it's not on the top of the hill. Otherwise, I think the shelter would have been blown away. Uh, it was just torrential. Um, and I've actually gone through and put a post up, post up on um, I've actually gone through and put a post up on Instagram uh, and while it just shows black which is what it was at this time of the night just the the rain and the noise and the wind was just amazing Uh, and it was actually coming it was actually getting through the walls of the shelter it was being blown so hard so I was getting a couple of drips on me through the walls not through the roof um (coughs) I don't know what it is. Um, the the signal to be able to download and 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 put uh, stuff onto the web and onto uh, Facebook and Instagram is really erratic. Um, I'm just finding you walk about <coughs> 50 to 100 meters from camp and you seem to pick it up, particularly when it's still dark when there's less interference. So I went to the the toilet this morning. <coughs> went to the toilet this morning and they had pretty much perfect signal up there so I'll try and get a couple of uh, day four and day five posts up if I can Uh, otherwise I'm heading towards Boat Harbour today Uh, (coughs) otherwise I'm heading towards Peaceful Peaceful Bay today and I've got the canoe crossing of the inlet one of the other choices I've got to make today as well is um, I either have a beach walk or I do a diversion Uh, and the beach walk really is at low tide so once I get there I'll see what the weather conditions are like based on the winds last night it will be interesting I think the sea is going to be pretty rough (coughs) and I'm more than likely going to be doing the diversion I know Ellie who came through and I met in Denmark ended up doing the diversion uh, because it was she hit at the peak of that really rough weather which is what I had when I started so um, it'll either be a beach walk or it'll be a diversion through the, the Quorum Reserve. Either way, that gets me to the, um, the, the canoe crossing uh, and then on to Peaceful Bay around about lunchtime um, and then on to Rames Hut. So today's a big day. In fact, it'll be the biggest day that I've had so far. It's 36 kilometres. Uh, and then I've got another 30-odd kilometre a day tomorrow before 20-odd kilometres going into... Um, uh, into Walpole the day after. Um, I must admit, I, um, I'm coping well with the days. I certainly do get very tired, and I know last night I had to basically strip right off. Um, my metabolism was just working overtime after yesterday's walk, uh, and I was just boiling hot, so I was just sleeping in a pair of underwear. Um, uh, and you know, at one point I had the, the sleeping bag unzipped and turned it into a quilt to get a bit of... Uh, bit of cool air flowing across me by the middle of the night my, my body had settled itself down and I'd zipped myself back up again but uh, yeah I was just was cooking last night okay talk to you later on good evening it's just on nine o'clock I'm here at Rainhead Shelter and for me this is probably the latest I've actually gone to bed since I've started hiking uh, and partly the biggest that's and partly that's because I've actually got a, uh, a data signal uh, and uh, 
managed to be able to have a good phone conversation with Jill and just do a bit of a catch up on social media. The other thing that caused me to go to bed late tonight was a long day. So I actually arrived here at the shelter at just on six o'clock, uh, whereas normally I'm arriving sort of a couple of hours earlier than that. So I started hiking around about 20 past seven this morning and finished at about six. So just about 10 hours and 40 minutes all up. And the distance I covered was around about, or just on, just on uh, 38 kilometers. I'm doing what's called double hutting. Uh, and that means that I'm skipping every second hut. And in this case, I didn't actually skip a hut today. I actually skipped Peaceful Bay where there's a, a caravan ground. Uh, and a, a place I could have actually put my tent up if I had wanted to. Um, but given that that's only around about 13 kilometres away from here, um, I just decided just to keep, I'd planned on keep, to keep on going anyway. Um, uh, and that's given me a, a 38 kilometre day with a small diversion today. Now the diversion again was to avoid um, one of the beaches uh, not so much an, an inlet, uh, and um, the big issue with the, the beaches at the moment is this, the wind and the wave action is still pretty strong. The beaches have pretty much been destroyed. Uh, a lot of the dunes have just, just disappeared uh, with the heavy storms from last week and the week before. So getting down to the diversion point today, I could actually see all the way along the beach. Uh, I knew the tide was actually coming in uh, and I would have been pushed right up against the, um, the, the sand dune itself um, and that wouldn't have allowed me any leeway for any freak waves. So um, definitely decided to uh, take the diversion point. The diversion today wasn't too long. I think it only added probably a couple of kilometres. Um, but um, again, it's I'm just finding with the ocean, even a couple of the beaches that I did do today where there were no diversions for, it was borderline, you know, if it, if it had been high tide, it would have just been unsafe and unpassable. Uh, and I think I would have had to have worked my own diversion to get around it. Um, coped well with the, the, the length of the day today. Um, it's... Um, I'm getting into quite a good routine and again the 20 past 7 this morning was the earliest I've left and I'll try and get into that routine when I'm doing the bigger days. Tomorrow is around about the 29-30 kilometres so not quite as big but still a good sized day and then I've, that leaves me a day of around about 20, 20 kilometres into Walpole. 20 kilometres into Walpole uh, on, uh, uh, on Thursday afternoon. The phone reception and data reception is pretty variable. Uh, I've got very good signal, good reception here at the uh, at this hut, um, but some of the others uh, are just almost non-existent. Uh, no, it was al it's almost to the point of standing on one foot and poking my tug out to try and get reception. It's you know it's, it's that sort of getting exactly in the right spot, uh, and certainly some areas are much better than others. Um, but when I'm, when I'm doing a really big day, I just don't want to stop for an hour or so and do uh, uh, social media if I can. So today we crossed Irwin's Inlet, uh, and that's the one with the canoes. Um, 
and that was just after um, uh, around about um, midday, I think that was. A uh, bit apprehensive, I suppose. I'm, I know how to use canoes, but it's like, you know, I'm by myself, and if anything goes wrong, it's, there's no one to help me. But, you know, the, mo- the most difficult thing about the whole process was getting the canoe back on the top rack on the other side. And they're not hugely heavy, but um, I think if you're a small male or a small female, you would struggle. There's enough weight and you know, the requirement to get the height up there that it would have been a bit of a struggle. Um, going across the little inlet, um, it was about 200 metres roughly, uh, and um, all I was doing was paddling on my right-hand side, letting the wind and the um, incoming tide do the rest. Um, and let myself drift across so it didn't take me too long to get across all up. Walk itself is pretty good today. Had, had a, has soft sand as like I've had the last few days but not uh, not as much uh, and there were some good steep steps but this time they're in my favour going down them not going up. Um, the thing that sort of I wasn't pre- quite prepared for today was a number of um, puddles and, and large puddles in the middle of the track where it was flooded um, you know, and sometimes I could actually step on logs and stones going through to get away, get away from it but on a couple of occasions I had no choice but to walk through them um, so you know, I opted for taking the shoes off uh, I did that for the first one came, got moved out of the way dried my feet off um, put the shoes back on again, walked up and had crossed back over the same creek again and had the same issue. So again, shoes came off again. Uh, the third time I managed to get around it, uh, but it was just something I wasn't quite expecting today. Peaceful Bay, uh, as a settlement, as I said, it's got a, a good little caravan park and a, a little general store, so I stopped in to get some, um, some afternoon tea. Um, you know, if I had have come through there earlier at lunchtime, I probably would have got fish and chips because they uh, they do uh, they are a good takeaway through there. So uh, it's an option if you are heading that way. But normally, if you're if you are double hunting it, it's more than likely you're going to hit there after lunchtime unless you leave really early in the day. All right, that's all for me. Talk to you later on. Good morning. It's uh, six o'clock. Um, it's still pretty much pitch black. Uh, I'm just sitting here in my se- uh, sleeping bag, taking advantage of good uh, phone signal to do some social media. Had a fairly good night's sleep last night, and six and a half hours, which is uh, reasonably good for me. So rather than the, the long nights, getting in late to campsite and uh, getting getting dinner and, and going to bed at eight thirty makes for a shorter night. Um, Otherwise, I'm just tossing and turning for sort of 10 hours. Uh, off to Franklin River campsite today, which is roughly 30, 32 k's, depending on which um, map I tend to use. But yeah, I'm expecting around about 30 odd k, 32 k uh, trip. Um, and the rain has been going on and off for the last couple of hours. But looking at the satellite images, it, they're li- this little individual rainstorms that sort of come and go as the morning goes. There's nothing solid. So it's going to be one of those days where I'll have, um, as the this people who live in Seattle call them, fine breaks, where I get sun interspersed with rain all through the day. 
Um, all right, time to get up and have breakfast and get packed. Uh, I want to be gone by sort of 7, 7.30. It's going to be 7.30 today by the time I actually get myself packed, I think, or close to. Talk to you later on. It's day seven here at uh, Franklin uh, Franklin uh, Hut. Um, just gone through and had dinner. Uh, been a reasonably long day, only around about 28 kilometres, but just the train was quite difficult. A lot of ups and downs, a uh, bit of sand banks to start with, uh, and then a lot of um, finding my way through overgrown trail and, and, and tree falls in some areas. So it was almost time-wise as long as yesterday, even though there was probably 10 kilometres less. Um, quite an interesting sort of day, um, uh, uh, vegetation-wise. Uh, we're starting to move away from coastal vegetation and starting to pick up some of the, uh, the bigger trees. So this afternoon uh, and, early, and late this morning went through big forests of tingle uh, with these nice big massive trees with really attractive looking trunks on them. Um, so had lunch at uh, Giant's Hut uh, and I think so far Giant's Hut's probably the most one of the most attractive huts on the trail. Having said that, Franklin Hut is pretty good as well. Um, it's got a veranda, a timber floor and it's raised up off the ground because it is close to a, uh, a river uh, and they've obviously taken into account that there might be some flooding. Um, feet were playing up a bit again today. I took the uh, the strapping off and restrapped my left one, which was the issue, and then I ended up having problems with my right, so I'm going to have to strap both of them again tomorrow. Um, so last big day for the moment, so I've got 20 kilometres to go into Walpole, uh, and then a rest day, so I'm in Walpole tomorrow night, and the next night, and then head out uh, the day after. Um, for the first time since I've started this trip, I'm actually sharing a hut uh, with a uh, a guy called Andrew who's from Perth um, and he's uh, doing the Bibbulmun track from north to south. Uh, he's, he's around about day 37 uh, and he's heading to, to Albany to finish off. So I think probably by the sound of it another week to 10 days he's definitely done and dusted. Um, it's good to have someone coming through the other way just to hear what's happening. There apparently is a, a diversion that's not on the website just on the other side of Walpole, uh, which wasn't too bad because I, w I planned on going past that area anyway. Um, but yeah, he said it's, uh, the whole area has been flooded, so there's one of the camps is actually not uh, not being used as a result. Um, looking forward to having a day off, hoping my male drop of food has turned up. Otherwise, I'll be doing a bit of shopping tomorrow, and I do have a bit of food left over anyway. Um, as, as usual, I struggle to eat. I lose appetite on these sort of trips. Uh, I've really got to force myself to eat. But I've got enough snacks probably to do for another four or five days anyway. So if my food has failed to turn up, all I really need to do is buy um, breakfasts and dinners. Okay, I hope everyone's having a good time. Talk to you later. Okay, we're here at Franklin River Hut, and I'm talking to Andrew. So for the first time, I'm actually sharing a hut with a uh, another hiker, and Andrew is actually a southbounder who started from Kalamunda. So thanks for agreeing to talk to us, Andrew. Yeah, that's that's no problem, Tim. All right. So why did you decide to do the Bibbulmun Track? 
Um, I decided about a year ago um, while I was working uh, that I was inevitably going to do this at some point. Um, and I decided to quit my job two months ago because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and I had three to four months spare time and I thought what better way than to go and walk for 40 to 50 days straight. Okay, and um, so when did you start walking the track? Um, so I actually started um, about 50 days ago, technically. Um, I've been walking for 38 days, but I had two weeks off because I injured myself. Okay, and you were saying you had a, had, had leg problem? Uh, yeah, my tendon on my right leg, um, whenever I lifted my feet up, uh, was giving me a lot of pain. So I went and saw a physio, and turns out I had repetitive stress injury on one of my tendons. Um, so, so in other words, stop walking? Yeah, <laughs> in other words, stop walking for two weeks and lay in bed while it rests. Uh, wonderful. Thankful, thankfully, I haven't had that issue so far, and hopefully I don't have a problem with it, but it, it's always a risk with doing, doing things like long-distance hiking. Um, so was there any particular reason you chose this time of the year, or it just happened to be convenient for you? Um, for me... It was basically convenience, um, but I also would uh, personally recommend it as well because I've um, I've enjoyed the fact that there's no snakes on the trail. There's always surplus water, no matter where you are. You feel quite safe because of that, and um, I also quite prefer walking in cooler temperatures. Yeah, I must admit, I mean that was probably my reasoning as well, and trying to tie it at least to the start of the wildflower season. So. Um, and while there hasn't been a lot that I've seen over the last few days, partly that's also been because of the weather. It's been so blowy and, and rainy at my end of the track that it's sort of, uh, you're not tending to look to lift your head up that often. All right, so um, as far as, so you haven't finished the track yet, but what's been your favorite part of the track so far? Um, I think I've had a few favorites, um, particularly coming into Pemberton, the couple of days before uh, getting into Pemberton, I really enjoyed. You kind of go from low, not low shrubline, but smaller trees to this amazing large carry forest, and the walk just completely changes from there. Um, so walking into Pemberton for sure. Um, the past three days, kind of getting out of um, the flat plains into the coastal region has also just been epic for me. I really enjoyed seeing the ocean after 30 days of walking inland. I must admit, I, I'm a bit the opposite. I, I love the ocean. I've actually spent a lot of my life working around it. And, and given the weather conditions that we've had the last few days, I'll be, be quite happy to see the back of it in, a few week, in about a week's time. So, um, yeah, when, we, when I didn't have the sun out and it, was, uh, it wasn't windy, it was really nice. But you know, when it was blowing a gale and raining, it was like, uh, I think I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be inland. Uh, all right, but what, what's, that's your best. What, about, what was the, the, the least enjoyable section on the trail for you and why? Um, again, I've probably got two examples, two worsts. Um, for sure, the worst section for me was the recent Paring, uh, I forgot what it's called, Paringarup Plains, or basically the flatlands between uh, Northcliffe and Walpole. And that's purely because of the weather. The whole area has been completely flooded. Um, if you look on the map, it says seasonally inundated, and it is very <laughs> true. 
I've, I've heard that from a few other hikers as well that have come through there. Yeah, so I mean, for me, that was just wading in knee-deep weather, walking through hailstorms. It was just a bit of a push, which I didn't particularly enjoy. Um, I also kind of prefer the forests walking, so for that reason as well. Uh, and the other worst part of the section for me was um, kind of coming out of dwelling up, walking towards Collie. Uh, again, pretty weather <laughs> it's all related to the weather. I walked through a severe wet patch where it was about six days in a row of hailstorms, of just bucketing with rain, and the track was flooded. And on two occasions, I had to camp. And I learned quite quickly that once you once your sleeping bag's wet, you can't really dry it until the sun's out. Yeah, no, that certainly doesn't help. And you mentioned so that was the, that was the two areas so pretty much to do with the weather by the sound of it was the issue so you know if the weather had been nice and sunny and dry it might not have been so bad or oh if the weather was great i reckon it would have been epic i think um through particularly this time i think the plains i would really love to come back and do maybe in september october because you can already see the wildflowers are just blossoming at the moment well they're just starting and in a couple months I've seen some photos of what it, it will look like and I'd love to come and do it that time of year. Just maybe not midwinter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now, as far as equipment goes, um, what, um, what piece of equipment has that you have that you couldn't have done without? I think... Um, Number one piece of equipment for me has been my orthotics, actually. Um, oh, I'm surprised I didn't think of that from the first place. I'm the biggest advocate for feet care whilst walking. And from previously walking a lot and getting knee issues, ankle issues, and all these little niggles uh, a couple of years ago, and then I got orthotics a year ago, I haven't had a single issue. And I think the only reason I've been able to do the Bilman track is because of my insoles, which are, um, they're, they're like the expensive ones you get from a podiatrist, 600 bucks or whatever, but the best money I've ever spent on gear. Yeah. All right. And is there any piece of gear you, you could have quite easily left behind? You just haven't used it all? Um, no. I think at this point I have shed all the gear that I didn't need, but I had a lot of gear at the start that I got rid of. I got my mum to pick up after about two weeks walking with it. One was a sketch pad with uh, I like to do drawings on, which I just never ended up doing, and it was just excess weight. Uh, the other was I had a big two-man, very spacious, great tent but it weighed three kilos. So I ups, um, I got a better tent in place of that. That's only a, less than a kilo. Um, and extra clothing. I initially brought a spare set of clothes that I could change into if, if the one piece got wet, but I found that I literally just wear the one shirt hiking every day. It doesn't matter how gross you get, how wet yep. you get. Yep. All right, now you're hiking by yourself. Is there any reason for that? I mean, was it, did you try and convince any of your friends or uh, your partner to come with you, or is this something you, you're planning on doing by yourself and that was the way it worked out? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love hiking with people, and I would for sure 
love to do this hike with someone because I, I, I do miss the, the company sometimes. But for me, this was um, kind of testing the waters of how hiking by myself would go. Um, and I really wanted the full experience of being alone in the bush, um, really depending upon yourself for more than a month, food-wise, uh, planning-wise, everything. And the whole of experience of just having a bit of solo time. I think um, I was thinking about it to myself after the dwelling up section where I had six to seven days of tough walking where I didn't see anyone else. I didn't have any reception. And I was purely reliant on everything that was on my back and everything that was in my head. And that's exactly the kind of experience that I was chasing. And I couldn't... Um, recommend it more because i think it's such an experience and i've i've loved every minute of it all right so thanks very much for that we've been talking to andrew and andrew is actually a perth local so um, um i think a lot of the people that i'm coming across at the moment are western australian based but hopefully as we we uh, get closer or i get closer to perth I'll, i might come across some people that are uh, either from overseas or from interstate just to see what their view of the the track is as well so thanks very much for that andrew yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Good morning. It's Thursday the 16th. It's 7am here at Franklin River Hut uh, or Shelter. Um, both Andrew and I have gotten up and we're packing, getting ready to go. Um, quite a nice morning this morning. There's a few rainfall rain falls uh, through the night time but other otherwise pretty good and this morning is looking reasonably clear so far although it is forecast for rain so see what happens later today uh, shortish day for me today uh, just heading into Walpole so roughly around about 17 to 20 odd kilometers uh, and from what Andrew is saying it's it's reasonably clear sort of conditions so uh, as far as the trail is concerned so looking forward to that one thing that Andrew was telling me about is um, past Walpole, there's actually a diversion in place. Uh, that's uh, One of the, uh, the huts is actually flooded. Uh, so they've diverted around that and put a temporary, either put a temporary hut in or else a diversion in place. So I'm guessing that's where I'll be going diversion-wise because I wasn't planning on actually staying at that hut at, uh, at any case. Um, so I had a reasonably good night's sleep last night. Uh, I actually had a sleep and I slept until just on six o'clock, which is uh, late for me. Uh, bit of a cool night last night, um, but uh, feeling good so far. Uh, and even though it's only a short day, my feet were giving me a bit of havoc yesterday. I only taped one foot uh, and I'm gonna need to do both feet today. Uh, and thankfully I've got a rest day tomorrow in Walpole just to give them a bit of, bit of a chance to breathe. Talk to you later. It's nine o'clock on the uh, 16th of uh, August. I've been going just about an hour and a half now and one of the rare opportunities that I can actually get my recorder out and talk during the day. I've seemed to have had rain showers almost constantly the last uh, few days so it's very hard to actually get the electronics out. It's been a pretty good uh, walk for the last couple of hours. Pretty, pretty straight with a few hills. The path's nice and wide as I sort of start heading towards Walpole. Still walking through Tingle Forest, and they are some really amazing trees. Um, you know, every there's a lot of younger trees, but every so often you get this giant great tree uh, that's obviously obviously one of the remnant trees that wasn't chopped down for foresting or or hasn't died off with old age. 
but there's some pretty amazing trees through here and it's uh, it's really great scenery as well so I'll try and get a uh, a video of it as, uh, at the same time um, but yeah I think so far this has been the highlight of the trip uh, well worth coming to just for this section if you get a chance It's 3.42 on the 16th of August. Um, I'm here in my room at the hotel at Walpole. Um, I got into Walpole um, just on around about 12 o'clock today. Uh, checked into a hotel, um, decided I wanted a bit more luxury than a, a backpackers. Um, so I've actually got a rest day uh, tomorrow as well. Walked up the street, which didn't take me long. Walpole's not a particularly big town, uh, very much a tourist town. Um, had a look at what was available, um, stopped back and double checked at the post office to see if my parcel had come in for my resupply and it had done. Uh, this was a very expensive resupply. I let things slip and didn't pay enough attention so it ended up needing to go express post. So it was very expensive. Having said that though, uh, from a hiking food point of view, there's not a lot of choice here. There is an IGA supermarket. Um, there is some little convenience stores at the, um, the service station, but you are very limited for food availability. So if you want particular sort of food, it's probably better to either send it to your accommodation in advance, or in my case, I sent it through to the local post office, which means I can go through and pick it up when I came through. Um, had a shower, which made me feel quite amazing. I'm actually in a clean set of clothes, getting ready to do some laundry tomorrow uh, of my other clothing, uh, ready to kick back off again. I put a new pair of socks on this morning and they were pretty much sopping wet by the end of the day, not because I was tossing, uh, crossing puddles, but just because um, I put a new pair of socks on today and they are pretty much sopping wet by the time I got here. Not because I'm crossing puddles, but it was more because there was uh, a lot of moisture around. I was having to cross a lot of fallen uh, plants and logs, uh, and they were just getting wet just because of the way the weather was. Uh, but looking forward to having two, clear, two pairs of clean, uh, dry socks over the next couple of days. From talking to Andrew, um, who I met at the hut last night at, um, Franklin, at the Franklin River hut, he was saying that there is a diversion just north of Walpole that isn't on the map system at all. So I need to uh, look at where I'm staying and what I'm doing. I hadn't planned on uh, stopping uh, very soon out of Walpole, but I, I need to make sure that I've got enough time to get where I'm going. So um, I may have to do a bit of readjustment to my planning if that re-diversion is still in, 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 the, in the place. I may need to look at, look at doing some replanning if that diversion is still in place because he was saying that one of the, uh, the huts was actually flooded uh, and a lot of the rivers have broken their banks. So it means that um, uh, I may have to even double or triple hut it, uh, which I wasn't necessarily planning on doing. Uh, and triple hutting it would make for a very long day. Um, so sitting here this afternoon, just having a bit of a relax, catching up on social media and I'm just about to start on the, this podcast actually um, so it's um, I've, I've only f now got time or the chance to actually download everything off my recorder and start doing work on the uh, on the iPad for putting the episode together 
Um, but feeling much better having had a, a bit of a break and I think um, my legs could certainly appreciate the time off. It's quite funny actually. It's, uh, I take my pack off and all of a sudden I'm walking like an old man. Um, it's, uh, i just gotten so used to walking in a particular position in a particular way with weight on my back. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm appreciating having, having a bit of rest. So podcast that afternoon this afternoon, putting all the food packages together tomorrow for my next uh, next run in through to um, uh, Pemberton, I think it is, I'm heading to. I'll have to check on the map in all honesty. Being a non-Western Australian, I only tend to look at where I'm heading to when that's time, and that'll be tomorrow. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, so the the series of recordings you've just listened to have pretty much taken you through eight days on the Bippleman track. Um, there certainly were some highs and lows through the week. Um, the constant rainfall that was wind-driven, in some cases by gale force winds, wasn't my favourite. Um, but it's it's uh, as Ellie said, you you know you you just mark that up as something that once you've done it, it's uh, it's an achievement. Um, but there were a lot of areas, particularly along the coastal area, where I just had my, my feet down or head head down, um, plodding along, making sure there was no snakes to tread on. Uh, and thankfully, I haven't seen a snake at all this week. Um, yeah, but if you know, had have had my face up, I'm, I'm staring into gale force winds and driving rain. Uh, and it was some days it was sort of constant other days there were just patches of rain then you'd take your, your hood off your jacket and then it'd rain again so for a number of days I was actually hiking uh, with rain gear on all the time there were a couple of really nice sunny days uh, unfortunately one of those was on a, uh, a diversion day where I had to do it all the highway walking um, but again that's just an experience it's just a decision you make from a safety perspective and that's just what you have to do uh, and there's been a lot of decisions that I've had to make over the week about whether I do do, do diversions or not and you know, I know some people would have actually done the the beach walks but I have spent a lot of my time around the ocean and I have a lot of respect for it and I just don't want to take the risks so if it looks like it's a bit dodgy, uh, all you've got to do is have one freak wave that you, you've got nowhere to go and you've got problems. Um, I had probably my highlight of the trip so far today uh, with the walk through the Tingle Forest. And again, I was, only, I was walking through a lot of it yesterday, but I think just the combination of the morning sun, the mist, and just walking through these these huge great trees was just spectacular. Uh, whereas yesterday I had a lot of rain and I, and I didn't really appreciate it that much. So I think a lot of it comes down to the weather. That two people can do the same walk uh, or series of walks um, you know, a few weeks apart and have a totally different experience based on the weather conditions. I must admit I'm not looking forward to the planes coming up over the next week. Um, I think I was trying, if I can, to do some big days just to clear through them fairly quickly. I mean, if I'm going to have to be walking through wet puddles, I'd rather do it over a, a shorter period of time, but I'll see what happens. From next week, I'll actually switch it up a bit. Um, I'll still do a, a series of interviews with other hikers as I come across them. I'll also try and, and, and do a, be a bit more descriptive about what I'm seeing and what I'm doing 
So as I said, this week was really, this is a typical week on the Bibbleman track, at least for me. Uh, next week, I'll talk about a bit more about what, what I'm seeing and what's going on. And I'll try and change it up from week to week. I am actually expecting to come across more hikers uh, each week as I go on and as more people start heading out from Perth. Um, if you've got any questions, please send me a, a message either via Facebook or um, um, a Facebook Messenger and I'll see what I can answer for you. Um, I really am finding, like a lot of these trails, that the people on the trails are really pleasant to talk to, they're really generous, they're really helpful. So even though I've only met a few hikers, uh, they've just been really nice to talk to. So. Okay, hope you've enjoyed this episode um, uh, and um, I will try again to get the podcast released next Wednesday if I can, but I think I'm in the middle of the Pinnerup Plains and I think I'm going to be knee deep in water by the sound of it, so it may not be till uh, I hit Pemberton in around about um, uh, five to six days time, so it might be sort of Thursday, Friday next week before I get it released. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, you can listen to this episode through our website, through SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you have the chance, please go through and rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for me. Bye for now.